Today's Global IQ Minute is with George Friedman, CEO of Stratfor and author of the just-published bestseller, The Next Decade. Few people keep a closer eye on the Middle East than you. Can you bring us up to date, George? Let's divide the region into two parts. There's North Africa, there's Persian Gulf, and the two have very little to do with each other. North Africa is about some aging leaders who are trying to hand off power to their children to protect vast amounts of money. What is happening there is not regime change, it's rotation. In the Persian Gulf, you have the United States leaving Iraq, leaving a huge power vacuum. Iran, the largest military power in the region, is trying to fill that space. And the place to really look at is Bahrain. Bahrain is an island. It's not particularly rich. It has a majority Shiite population and a small Sunni ruling class imposed by the Saudis. It is also a place where the USF fleet is housed. And what we're seeing here is a test case of Iran not so much destabilizing the region, but taking advantage of things that are happening in the region to destabilize it, such as sending in some Shiite clergy who have been banned, who are now permitted back there. What's happening in the Persian Gulf and Saudi Arabia, and particularly those places the U.S. has bases, Kuwait, Bahrain, Oman, and Qatar, is an attempt to put the United States off balance, push Saudi Arabia back against the wall. What the Saudis are doing now is trying to reach into Iraq to stabilize the situation there, but also reach out to the Turks looking for help. What's the end game for Iran? Iran has the same policy that it had under the Shah. It wants to become the dominant power in the Persian Gulf. If all foreign powers withdrew, Iran would be the dominant power. For the first time in a century, all foreign powers are withdrawing. The United States is leaving. This is a historic opportunity for Iran to fulfill national aspirations that have been there for a long time. To take what is essentially a very weak country, Saudi Arabia, and very rich, and put it under some sort of Iranian influence. But we're continuing to see more protests in Iran. Do you think there's likelihood of any type of change in government there? Uh, there's no possibility of a change of government. The 2009 demonstrations were much smaller than the Western press reported. They were easily suppressed by the Iranian government. The Iranian government takes a look and it sees uh, potential unrest. It arrests the two previous presidential candidates. This is a country where this government is in control and is not going to lose control. And there's been a fantasy in the United States ever since 1979 that there's going to be a rising of the young people because they listen to iPods. There's some sort of belief that if you listen to iPods, you must be a liberal Democrat. It's very strange. There's not any real chance of that happening. Back to Libya for a moment. There's a, a lot of questions going on about what role right now the United States should play and whether or not President Obama is taking the right action. What are the options that the United States might pursue? Well, first, to recognize that at this point the option of an other intervention and nation-building in the Islamic world isn't there. It's not there not simply because we don't have the troops. I mean, it's an absurd idea that the United States can do it. This is a wonderful opportunity, however, for the United States to urge the Europeans to do something. This is a European problem. It's very close to Italy. It's, Italy gets its energy from there. There's immigration. There's a whole range of investment. These, you know, these countries are tied to the European sphere of influence, including France, which has a great deal of influence. So basically, uh, this is a wonderful time for the United States to encourage the Europeans to intervene and then condemn them for the intervention, the way they do to us. Dr. Friedman, you are the author of a new book just published in January, The Next Decade. What should we really be concerned about for the next 10 years? The United States fought be finding its balance 
the United States became the world's only global power in 1991. For the first time, it was a, an empire by any stretch of the imagination. The United States is also a republic and an anti-imperial republic. The first decade after the fall of the Soviet Union was what I called a giddy springtime of the bourgeoisie. This vision of bankers dancing around the end of history. We don't have to worry about war anymore. In 2001, the United States was hit by uh, the events of 9-11 and has been massively reacting to that. In the next decade is the United States finding its balance, not only in the world, but domestically finding its center of gravity so that it's not driven by the extremes and the majority minorities on either side, but that the public creates a strong foundation, or else the power of the empire may overcome the republic. And that really is the danger of the next decade. And it's, in a way, the problems we're dealing with everywhere in the way we're handling our public issues in Wisconsin or in Washington. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to Global IQ Minute, a production of the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth. To hear Dr. Friedman's analysis of the current events rocking the Middle East, go to dfwworld.org forward slash podcast.